Hello. Hola, breadheads. Hola, amigos. Como esta? Como be- be- bean. Como bean dip. Como black bean. <laughs> Como taperia. I ate some really good bean dip yesterday, and I realized that it's kind of underrated. It's like a hummus, but also like a guac. <laughs> And it could go really anywhere both those things could go. But no one's, everyone's sleeping on bean dip, let me tell you. Dude, bean dip is super underrated. You're right. Is it one of those like refried bean pouches that you just reheat? Dude, this is the cool part about bean dip is it's kind of the same vernacular as Subway cheese. You can get a black bean dip, (laughs) a white bean dip, or a refried bean dip. <laughs> and those sound like the same things you'd have for Subway cheese. Yellow, white, and shredded. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're right about that. That's actually a really good observation because you said black, white, and refried. Like those are <laughs> it's two colors and then one method. <laughs> mm-hmm. Same thing with the cheese. Two colors and one method. What's up with exactly. that? Exactly. I don't know. It's... It's just the way the bean gets mushed. I don't make the rules. I just report on the the bean facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. This makes me think of, you know, have you ever had a meze? <laughs> As in the, the platter? Yes, yeah, sir. Like a little bit of hummus, assorted hummi, hummi. <laughs> um, a little baba ganoush action, potentially some other beans. Bro, I don't think you understand how much I froth at the mouth for a little meze platter. I love that shit. Meze platter, they're so underrated. Every time I see one of those, I'm all over it. Because you don't, they don't just show up at every house party. Like they're not as mainstay as the charcuterie and they're not as mm-hmm. uh, like, I guess like cheap as the like cheese and cracker platter or the mixed veggie tray. Mm-hmm. So it's a little it's a little bit niche, but it's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an elevated version of the chips and dip, you know, Get a little mm-hmm. non bread and some hummus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you you got to get the um the one with like the red pepper in the middle. Like, what's that brand that always does it? It's like Samba or Samba. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. And then you <laughs> scoop it into your own bowl so they don't know you store bought. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, like, okay, yeah. I went, I went to an in-laws fa- a house for to visit a few months ago, <laughs> and it was a casual swing by, you know, unexpected. And they were like last minute affair. I pa- I roll in, they offer me a beer, and they say, "Would you like some meze?" <laughs> oh like, fuck! Wait, what? And then <laughs> within like ten minutes, they had whipped up a like two feet by two feet meze platter. And then mm. offered it to me and the other guests. And wow. it felt like such a elegant and effortless offering. Because you could have the meze material on deck, teed up, ready to ready to go at any moment. Put put me in, coach. But mm-hmm. then when you when you pull that move off, the meze, it impresses. It really does. It's it's quite it's kind of a showstopper in a way. Because think about Dude. it. It's so easy to prep, but so unexpectedly awesome. Like all those ingredients are fridge stable. <laughs> you know, what I mean, mm-hmm. like you have a little container of hummus. You got a jar of olives, some bread from I don't know a p- bag of plastic. 
<laughs> like that doesn't that never goes bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, it's it's going to be the move from here forward. I think it, it, we've talked a lot in length about how 2024 is the year of the appetizer and platters mm-hmm. are no exception. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. Speaking of appetizers, I, I need to tell you about my dinner activation last night. I had a pretty big one. Oh, please do. <laughs> so breadheads will know that I had my birthday dinner last night with my family and we went to beautiful Vancouver establishment, Savio Volpe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm familiar <laughs> with this place. This is where Eric and I go to celebrate any money we make with this podcast. <laughs> That's right. All of our earnings have gone to them. So in a way, mm-hmm. we employ them. But anyways, uh, what do we have? Oh, we had this like beautiful salami and cheese plate tie with these like Ooh. very strange root vegetables on there. I don't even know what they were called, but they were like, they looked like maggots. <laughs> They look like these tiny little worms, but when you bite down on them, they're like crunchy, like like a pickle. And they taste like exactly like a pickle, but they look like these tiny little worms. Have you ever had anything like this before? No, that sounds unfamiliar. Maybe it's a little bit of a pickled parsnip. A pickled it, yeah, parsnip. Kind of, <laughs> kind of like that. The person described it as a similar to a sun choke. Mm, dude, know, but, yeah, that sounds like that child abuse. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'll pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was it was good though. And then okay, the real showstopper of the appy though was the beef tartare, which I would consider myself kind of an expert on at this point. I know my way around a tartare. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But this one had very strong Dijon in it, as well as uh some shaved truffle on top. It was quite the treat. Ooh, that's a really nice way to dress up some raw beef. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude, it was naked beef before, but now it's dressed up. Absolutely gift wrapped it in truffle. <laughs> so does that make it top tar? Like, is this the the best tar you've ever tarted? <laughs> <laughs> I am absolutely tarted for this tar. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was probably the best. It Like top three, no doubt. Right, right. You know, I don't eat anything that grazes, and that is cows are no exception. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little bit unfamiliar with beef tartare. Like, aren't you supposed to not eat raw meat? Like, I get <laughs> that a steak is gently seared. So you're using basically the best cut, and you're just mm-hmm. you wait. You how do you how do you do you cauterize it in any way? <laughs> Yeah, this is something that uh, this is where my knowledge is, has gaps. Okay, let's just say but that you just said you were a self-proclaimed expert, Eric, on the consumption and evaluation of said <laughs> said subject. <laughs> However, creating and mastering the art of putting a slab of raw meat in on the chopping board and chopping it up, I that's where I don't know. But mm. if I were to guess. I think it has to do with the like other ways of kind of like quote unquote disinfecting the meat. Like, um, right. Like for example, ceviche, you do that with like lemon juice, right? So the meats or the fish is kind of like cooked in the lemon juice. Mm-hmm. I hear with sashimi, what you can do is like freeze it for a certain amount of time 
And then when you thaw it, all the bacteria has been kind of eliminated from it. Right. Through the act of freezing. Yeah. So there must be something along those lines with the meat. I'm guessing maybe some kind of acidity is added and that kind of like kills it, kills the bacteria. I'm not really sure, but yeah, you're right. It is, um, it is fully raw. <laughs> maybe mankind's stomach acid is all it needs because we're, we've been an agricultural society for so long. Yeah, maybe. Do, have you seen that um, reel or this like Instagram account where guys like eating raw chicken until my tummy hurts day one? <laughs> yeah, dude. He, like, takes a bite of a raw chicken breast. You've seen that? I have. I'm surprised <laughs> how. Po- well, actually, I'm not surprised how popular it is, but I don't know what day this. This guy's got to be on like day seven or eight by now. Yeah. I mean, at the time of finding the account, he had like several days posted and like Apparently no tummy ache because he's still going strong. So yeah, it makes me think like, are we, I don't know, being lobbied by big frying pan to cook our chicken? Dude, good question. I feel like, well, I don't know. Maybe this man is dead now for all we know. If you're out there. I always have this kind of like, pen, there's a pendulum shift in society's hygiene, you know? where we invented all this hygiene and then put all these rules in place that we probably didn't need, not just getting masked up, but just like washing your hands and washing your vegetables mm-hmm. and washing your body. And I don't yeah. know if we need all that. Like, look at Subway. They have chicken out for three days and then they just take, you know what kills the bacteria at Subway? The Chipotle Southwest sauce. <laughs> and, like, and so the if they can get away... Yeah, exactly. So if they can get away with that, I'm sure this guy's freshly rawed chicken is probably pretty harmless relative to that. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a good point. You're right. All like the trend has been let's be as hygienic as possible. Let's wash our hands. Let's um, scrub our veggies with soap and water, you know, all these things. But then things like probiotic um, yogurt has like become more popular sourdough mm-hmm. starter don't even get me started on that <laughs> yeah dude i'm so, sour about that yeah people love live bacteria these days so i don't know is there is there a correlation with the popularity of raw beef on menus like are people just like more open to the idea of consuming something raw yeah i, th- I think they are but i think it's possibly because humans are just built different nowadays like the average Victorian era man could not stomach the diet of a man like you and I today, Eric, like a junior chicken would put them in a coma, the sodium in these things. So I think what's happened, Eric, is as a society, we all have, everyone has heartburn. Everyone's stomach acid is just like bubbling and oozing and wants to explode out their throat. It's Mm -hmm. never been more acidic in our bodies. So we are best prepared now to catalyze anything that goes in it. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That was a damn good starter I had, bro. And yeah, I, also I, learned that, um, I also learned that uh, it's using tenderloin. I think that's the other thing. That's the other secret to making it really good. Really nice, mm. soft piece of meat. <laughs> Pause. Mm, the, the most tender of loins. <laughs> <laughs> the tenderest loin of all time. <laughs> of course, of course. Oh, shit. But yeah, that's uh, that was kind of my dinner. We can talk about the mains if you like, but 
No, this is an appy only podcast now, yeah. yeah. Starters quite here, so. Exactly. I want to gather a little charcuterie action at Subway at some point. You know, since we're entrees are out <laughs> this year, perhaps just the cheese and a few cucumbers, maybe a few pickles is all yeah. I'm really looking for now. A, a few nice slices of prosciutto-ish meats. Mm-hmm. Do you think you could go to a Subway and be like, yeah, can I have 300 grams of salami? <laughs> like, I mean, maybe. Set you up with that or... Do you have to get the bread with it? <laughs> <laughs> it comes with free bread. I don't want it. Yeah. Dude, I think you'd have to bring your own scale. Like, I don't think they have a means of weighing it. So if you brought your own mm. scale, ask for a, a cool 300, then measure it out. Charge me however many foot longs that feels like. And we'll both part ways. The most expensive deli order of all time. <laughs> mm-hmm. But damn, it lasts four days. Like it, it's long lasting. 100%. <laughs> so um, can't really put a price on that shelf life. Mm-hmm. That's true, man. What are the topics we want to talk about today? <laughs> oh, dude, I, I got one topic for you. Let's hear it. Okay. Uh, I think it's better if someone else mentions it. The beautiful big titty, but naked women just don't fall out the sky, you know? <laughs> Did that pick up? <laughs> cool. I almost spat out my coffee, dude. What the <laughs> fuck was that? <laughs> so uh, we have a new Kanye album. We've been our ears have been graced by Kanye West and the second best <laughs> tie online. Wow, Mr. Dollar Sign. Line. Yeah, Mr. Dollar. He's more like tie sense sign right now because mm-hmm. uh, you've taken the top spot. Yeah, and because of inflation, the dollar isn't what it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, poor mm-hmm. guy. However, I do like when they stylize their name together as the yen symbol alongside the dollar sign. I think I think that was really clever. Shout out yeah, to that was a, Mr. Kanye. That, that was a clever move. A rare moment of graphic design that Eric and I can appreciate. And I think mm-hmm. it's because it's minimal and clever. Mm-hmm. Something all races can agree on. You know, I mean, whether you're Jewish or not, you mm-hmm. will acknowledge that the yen symbol was a good idea. <laughs> yeah, totally. We all <laughs> thought that was pretty clever. And exactly. Yeah. Well, but can we all agree on? Out. Yeah. Can we agree on whether we like it or not? Uh, this is a good question. I'm still digesting much like a foot long. I need some time to kind of like figure out how I feel about it mm. um, and live with it a little bit. Um, which is kind of a cop-out answer, but first impressions, Ty, there are some bops on there. That's for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like the, I'll, I'll be honest though. In the first listen, I was like, man, this guy is doing way too much to put out this mid of an album. Mm. You know what I mean? Like he's going crazy online talking about big titted women on his IG and mm-hmm. posting all kinds of negativity just like delaying the shit for like weeks on on end he posted it like two months late so i don't know it's, it's way too much for how mid it was but mm-hmm. after listening to a few tracks multiple times i'm i'm finding uh reasons to like it again mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying there like i think for how much mr west mr west has gone through this year 
I expected some stronger theses in the songs, <laughs> some like yeah. more, some like big ideas, some overarching narratives that were like easier, like just maybe more creative interpretations of his perspective on what the hell's going on. And mm -hmm. I felt like we got kind of some medium sized ideas and many small ideas. So you're right. You're spot on with that. But damn, you know what I'll do is I'll just pick a random song and I'll just jump in at a random time and you just start listening from there. And you're like, damn, this is a smooth groove, you know, like every song <laughs> sounds pretty good at the same time. So I think it will grow. It will grow. It may, it may grow from six inch to foot long for me, you know, become a mainstay meal. <laughs> Mm -hmm, absolutely. I just realized, Ty, that the reason why it's not as good as other albums is probably because he's in a good place in his life. <laughs> like mm. he's got a woman that loves him and he's post like anti-Semitism stuff. He's been kind of away from the media. And I think all of that stuff has helped him just kind of like be a little happier. You know what I mean? Stay out of the public light, maybe focus on his relationship hang out at home. I don't know what the hell he's doing, but all of that means he's going to put out a lackluster project. <laughs> totally. Yeah. But every other time he's gone dark for this long, he comes back with a project that defines the next era of his career and completely changes the course of music. So I think what's weird about this one is that he's not it doesn't feel like he's hungry to be like the most. He doesn't want to be back to being the most influential artist of all time. He's just like, this feels more like a side project. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Looking back, though, on all of his greatest works, you can like tie it directly to like a horrible thing that happened to him. <laughs> right. You know I mean? Like his like Donda album, for example. A horrible relationship situation broke up with the mother of his kids going through all kinds of legal tr uh, troubles, things like that. I just had to look up the, the time when he broke up with Amber Rose and it was 2010 mm. right before beautiful dark twisted fantasy came out. Oh shit. All time classic. That was also that was like I, two years before the uh, infamous Taylor Swift incident. Mm, exactly. Yep. 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 That was right before watch the throne, right? No, you that can, would have happened. You can kind of tie my, it to his like haircut. <laughs> oh shit, maybe I'm pretty sure my beautiful dark twisted fantasy was the byproduct of the MVMA thing. Oh, I see the controversy. Okay, but you're maybe. right. Either way, you are correct that there's something, mm -hmm. something there. It awaits, obviously. So like, there's so many moments that created good music from Kanye, and right now, not much is going on. <laughs> I guess. Dude, I think no offense to my fellow Ty, but I think Ty Dolla Sign's respectfully a pretty boring ah, rapper, you know? <laughs> like, he's got a smooth sound, and Kanye mm -hmm. made him sound really good, but every time he was singing on this album, I just start to zone out, you know? I need a bit more, yeah. like, brash and eccentric characters to work with him in order to, like, bring out all the different flavors of Kanye and put kind of push the soundscape. They're all it's all kind of it's a little bit too symmetrical almost the music too too in sync. Right. Yeah, there, I yeah, I remember there's like I remember there being very few moments where I stop what I'm doing and I like my ears perk up, you know? It's like mm -hmm. it feels very like background music, which is like crazy to say, but I think that's just Thai sense symbol. 
doing his work, you know? I think so. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he makes background music. There's nothing wrong with that. This this could be a background podcast to some listeners, and I'm okay with that. That's what we're here for. <laughs> we're, for here, we're here for you to listen to our ads or lack mm-hmm. thereof, and that's it. Yeah, my ideal podcast as a podcast maker is just 45 minutes of ads and you, the listener, <laughs> consume every minute of it. Mm-hmm, exactly. I need help knowing where to spend money and how to save 10%. <laughs> exactly. One last thing on this. He actually two more things. One thing that this might symbolize, Ty, is a passing of the torch because mm. all the things that I think made Kanye great, like, for example, every album introducing a whole new sound, a new character in a way, a movement of the music like tens of millions of hype beast fans going absolutely bonkers. I think all of that is now happening with Playboy Cardi instead. And if you think about like where Cardi's at right now with his career, it's kind of like Kanye post Yeezus maybe like that the period like after Yeezus where every album was like a whole new uh, shift in the culture. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Maybe Kanye's realized that it's, another young buck's turn to define the spirit of a generation. Yeah. And I think evidence of that is Kanye's willingness to attach himself to Playboy Cardi in all kinds of ways. Mm. Like my hypothesis is that Playboy Cardi is over here doing his thing and then Kanye sees it and then is like, let me be in the next video. You know what I mean? Shit. And then Cardi's like, obviously, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a really interesting thing theory eric and i feel like there it has some merit because what else is this guy doing right now you know he's just chilling chilling in the saudi arabian desert yeah exactly barefoot at nobu barefoot exactly (laughs) oh by the way are you gonna buy the easy pods i'm kind of like thinking about it low-key looking for someone to split the shipping with (laughs) (laughs) okay i could i could be into that i mean i think i'd only wear them at a boy's night (laughs) i think this would be like (laughs) really funny thing for the pod for us to go to a restaurant maybe nobu wearing the easy pods <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. dude you I got the easy pods on the case. feet and the um vision pro on the face <laughs> yeah. damn i the mean modern man yeah it's twenty dollars i mean it, it makes sense it, it makes sense to just give it a go however shipping ends up being like forty dollars at that at that price point, I gotta you know take another look, but I don't know where I would wear these things. That's the that's the other thing. They're literally the only podcasting shoes. You know, you're gonna put them on before you mic up. I I can't see myself wearing them to the grocery store. No, to I, to I, dinner. I would own a pair of pants that would go with it. <laughs> like <laughs> none of my pants will work with the with the pods, unfortunately. Hmm. Well, maybe that's why the Easy Pods are still available for purchase. <laughs> everyone, everyone's having these thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we'll have to do something where we can get a hand or get our hands on a pair of them, and maybe do a on foot review for the <laughs> for the good folks here on the pod. Yeah. yeah, we can talk about the toe feel. Exactly. You know, worst case, we use it as a pop filter for our microphones. You just put it over the mic, and it probably works. That's the perfect idea. Well, 
I don't know, dude. I think I'm going to eat a lot of my words on this album in like six months. I'll re-listen to this episode and be like, why was I so critical of it? It's freaking awesome. Because mm-hmm. that's usually yeah. the case with these kinds of things. Yeah. Why is that you think? I, I've noticed that about myself as well. Like most albums that come out now, I immediately dislike. Maybe it's because I'm a hater. <laughs> Maybe. And no, I man. People hate eventually. I feel people are so unreceptive to change, you know, especially when it's so closely linked to their own identity. That's why, like, mm. no one changes up their Subway sandwich order. I'm not going to. I only deviate mine a few a few ingredients each time, if that, because that is that represents me. And I can't just be a reformed sandwich consumer. I have to work my mm-hmm. way there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you can only really deviate you know, a couple inches here or there, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You exactly. can't just go full, full swing. Yeah. It makes total sense. All right. Well, stay tuned for episode 408 when we discuss <laughs> 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 the <laughs> one year, <laughs> the one year aftermath of this album. Yeah. That'll be crazy. I thing about it. Dude, I thought you were going to say episode 408. Ty and Eric finally try a new sandwich. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But why why risk ruining lunch at Subway? You know what I mean? If I'm going to ruin my lunch, it's going to be at a, I don't know, place that serves real food, that <laughs> has an opinion, not not a sandwich mm. place where I make the food. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's it's kind of a shame that you're signing up for so much and then paying so much for it. It's mm-hmm. the ultimate scam of capitalism. Mm-hmm, totally. But also this album tie, I think it's going to be part one of X number of parts. Yeah, because it said Vultures one on Spotify or (laughs) because you have you're in a DM with Freddie Gibbs and he's got some details (laughs) for you. (laughs) He's like, just wait, my time's coming. (laughs) No, Freddie was ice cold in the DM, didn't give me any info, but yeah, we'll see, Ty. Do you think there's going to be two or three parts? Or I more? think there'll be two uh, uh, declared three parts, but we'll only get two. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that. I think that's safe. Everything's a trilogy till it's not. And <laughs> that's But you right. know what? There's nothing wrong with the duality of two parts. There's two halves to each sandwich, a yin and a yang, two podcasters to every great show, two... Mm-hmm two musicians on every great album Mm -hmm. yeah you're absolutely right well i'll be looking forward to the new playboy cardi project and (laughs) i guess i'll just end my review with that (laughs) wow thank you eric drops the needle (laughs) um the busiest music nerd (laughs) (laughs) damn we the biggest busiest podcasters out here that's right man no one's matching our volume Except for yeah, maybe Rogan. Mm-hmm. He's got he's got more testosterone than us. We need to eat more meat at Subway. I think you're yeah, you're supposed to be so. the resident meathead of the podcast. Why aren't you yelling right now? I know. Yeah, maybe I should be always ordering double meat as like my my protest against your vegetarianism. <laughs> I think so, dude. I think you need to like really assert yourself on the line there. Like really, <laughs> really mog up the sandwich artist. You know. Oh shit. Yeah, I got a meets max at all times, you know what I mean? Yeah, dude. Stroke that jawline as you're uh, <laughs> picking out your cheese. Yeah, dude. I need something more to chew on, you know what I mean? I gotta work out the lower jaw. 
what is the most chewable sandwich if you're looking to work the jawline? Um, let's see. I would say it's a toss up between the oven roasted chicken mm-hmm. and the brisket. The brisket, that's got some <laughs> elasticity to it. <laughs> exactly. Like I'm picturing those like fatty bits that connect the meaty bits. <laughs> and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, those require a bit of teeth sharpening in order to cut through. So yeah, I think it'll probably be the, the brisket. You got to risk it for the brisket, you know, you got to. This is a like a weird take, but I think the meatball, although it's not very chewy, it's going to require a lot of mouth movement in order to portion swallowable amounts of meat in the mouth. So you pop that thing in there or half the ball like there's no <laughs> way you can take a bite of the meatball and take a small bite. It's always more than you can chew. <laughs> so there's some, some meatball management that has to happen with the tongue ball management happening with the mm-hmm. tongue <laughs> thank you ty yeah i don't know if i agree with that respectfully <laughs> i think the impossible meatball tie is probably a different story you know what i mean there's different factors mm-hmm. you know appear like i think a lot of work goes into the appearance of those however with the texture are they really map matching that one-to-one with mr cow Dude, they, they're, this is the thing. They're not telling you the compromise that you're getting to have that idyllic looking ground beef. And a part of it is a texture play for sure. Damn true. Mm-hmm. It's like on Instagram, you know, not everything you see in the Beyond Meatball packaging is real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The bread, the bread is pretty chewy if you don't toast it. That's a pretty good option. <laughs> I was literally about to say the exact same thing. The real answer is every sandwich is the most chewy because it's the damn bread. You know what I mean? Yeah. That thing, no kidding. even when you toast it, it can be really crunchy on the outside and then still chewy on the inside. So you never really get a break. Do you think if you added a bunch of sauce or no sauce, it would be more chewy? No sauce for sure. You think so? Oh, yeah. Well, if there's a bunch of sauce, it gets kind of wet and squishy like you're chewing on a like a damp towel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but wouldn't it like kind of decompose the bread mm. yeah like, that's uh, true it's like one of those like dry camping meals where you just add water you know what i mean and it just becomes mush <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude you want this uh risotto that <laughs> it's always a risotto you know you want a, a oh, bag dude, of yeah. risotto risotto is a perfect camping meal because if it's mushier than you expected, it doesn't matter. It's risotto. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be mushy. And if it's, <laughs> it's a little like el dente, doesn't matter either. Exactly. You really can't fuck it up if you're camping. It's very, there's very few. Risotto and oatmeal are the only two like rehydratable foods that are available at every grocery store. I mean, I guess you could say like rice is rehydratable. <laughs> <laughs> We're like all grain. Yeah, let me think about this really quick. Mm-hmm. There is cornmeal as well. Don't forget about that. <laughs> Dude, what happens if you put water in cornmeal? It's not going to become corn again. <laughs> like, Okay, well, oatmeal doesn't become something different. It's just wet, wet oats. <laughs> Same with cornmeal. It just becomes hydrated. You know what I mean? It becomes supple. Well, cornmeal kind of becomes mushy. It becomes the like... The texture of guacamole. 
I guess that's it depends on how you prepare it. But yes, you're right. <laughs> when you say that oatmeal becomes just wet oats, that's so much <laughs> less. That's so much less appetizing. Yeah, but is it not 100% accurate? Like, it's just wet oats. There's nothing going yeah. on there. It's kind of like when you say like, oh, no, this isn't bacon. This is like pig's stomach. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, you're not wrong, but. I liked the old word better. <laughs> yeah. We in the industry, Ty, like to call it pork belly. <laughs> it has a better pork ring to it. <laughs> where does the, where, what part of the pig is the bacon from? I think the pork belly, the belly. <laughs> does anyone eat the butt? <laughs> like, do you eat pig ass? <laughs> Dude, yeah, I eat ass, but it has to be pork. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, wait, yes, for sure. Yes, for sure. There's at the uh, a lot of like meat focused restaurants. There's like a diagram of a pig. <laughs> Have you mm-hmm. seen that? Oh, I've seen that. You got all the chopped lines, you know, and that's how you exactly. know the, like, the, the brisket's going to slap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, the brisket came from the right place. I need to look up exactly what that looks like because oh, right. this is going to be good. This is right. going to be good check, discussion. Check right the here. textbook. Check the textbook. Fact, oh, yeah, peer-reviewed dude. facts here what did you type in on google images pork diagram i typed i typed in pig meat pick <laughs> <laughs> okay no i'm looking at one right now and okay i was right in my head i i knew the answer but i was scared to say it in fears of sounding retarded but the pig's leg or the butt is also the ham no ham comes from the butt yeah dude what so well maybe i should share what i'm looking at <laughs> so every time i see ham on the menu that's just ass of pig exactly the ham but confusingly that's... ty the front leg is also called picnic ham so was that just mm. like a smaller version of the hind legs whoa and the pig's shoulder is called a boston butt which is confusing because that's nowhere near the butt yeah other diagrams just say shoulder <laughs> Okay, maybe that was just a, a regional ver- version of the, the graphic. Mm-hmm. So look at that. Bacon comes from the nice plump belly. And then we mm-hmm. got ribs, loin, and then back fat going all the way up. Hell yeah. But damn, ham comes from the butt. That's crazy. I I can't believe how often I see ham on the menu. It's the most popular of pig body parts to eat pig butt. Yeah, exactly. So all meat eaters have to admit that they eat ass Mm -hmm. i guess so whether they like to admit it or not Mm -hmm. unprompted i'm gonna go ahead and say that the pork hawk is the best piece underrated oh yeah the hawk is the leg oh yeah it's like the 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 knee (laughs) dude now that i'm examining this graphic of a pig silhouette why does it kind of look like the pigs wearing stilettos (laughs) <laughs> like, look, at little, look at its little feet is oh that, yeah dude you see that is that doing anything for you right now that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah why, why am i kind of bricked up by this little pig <laughs> damn pig's feet it look real nice in the silhouette mm-hmm. dude honestly it does I mean, it's making me hungry i don't know about you i'm actually really curious does this image make you hungry or are you like turned off by it <laughs> everything about this image is a turn off except for maybe the little oh. feet <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is how I found out you were a feet guy. 
<laughs> Dude, I love a feet long. Hell yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like now I don't I don't like the idea of eating the pig pig butt or the jowl or the neck or the the hawk. It mm-hmm. it's a little too literal, you know. I like when my food has been so far removed from where it comes from that it takes on a whole new shape, like the veggie patty. And <laughs> I like when it's presented with a story that's unrelated to the growth and then eventual harvesting and plating of the food itself. Like I want the veggie mm-hmm. patty to tell me a story about how it's trying to like save child soldiers in another country. <laughs> Doing the Lord's work over there by ordering mm-hmm. the veggie patty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it's um, filled with peas and corny 2012. Damn. So, okay. So in the meat world, the best example I can think of for what you're looking for is a can of spam. Have you ever had that? I've never had a can of spam and I know you are a spam advocate. <laughs> That's right. I'm a spam apologist and mm-hmm. I think it deserves a place in everyone's kitchen, in everyone's pantry. So, so what's making you so spam pilled? Is it the narrative behind it? Is it the flavor? Is it the accessibility? Maybe a little bit of both. Probably the hmm, the ease of preparing it. It's shelf stable. You know what I mean? You can get the low sodium version. And mm-hmm. it's also really funny when it slides out of the can and lands on your kitchen counter. Just makes a nice mm. satisfying plop sound. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> Cutting it into perfectly symmetrical slices is also fun. It also just looks like cartoon meat. <laughs> <laughs> totally get that. It's kind of like the jello of protein. Yeah, totally. It's kind of like... um Let's see. I don't know. If you were to eat like a corn on the cob in the in a video game, that's like the equivalent. Actually, a drumstick <laughs> would probably be the equivalent. Like the most Yum. like cartoonish version version of food is like a drumstick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like what you eat in RuneScape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. In all video games, the drumstick represents food. Nothing else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's amazing, actually. So yeah. Spam takes it a step further by being this anonymous block of meat. And I think there's something kind of nice about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it probably deserves more recognition than it has. I'm like, I've as I've, I've never opened a can, but I, I'm thinking about the sound it probably makes because you referenced it. It has like a satisfying, like audible quality. And nearly two hours ago, I was walking down the street and a pigeon shat in front of me. And it made this really satisfying splat on the ground. <laughs> Is it similar yeah. to that? I think so. But pair that with like a heavier thud. Because <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not light. It's a it's a block of meat. So there's a thud and a splat kind of simultaneously. But mm. in the most yeah, that makes like appealing form. It's, it's that. But then your tummy growl, growls afterwards. <laughs> yeah. So it's quite there's quite the symphony happening. Mm-hmm, exactly. They also make this like really fun popping sound when you fry them up. They just like they just like have pockets of oxygen, I guess, and they just burst with flavor. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah. Spam's had a bit of a um, rough go of it the last few decades. Not really on most people's grocery lists. I think it's because mm-hmm. of two reasons. I think the first reason is because of crooked Whole Foods and their Whole Food diet. 
Spam's mm-hmm. kind of the antithesis of that. It's mm-hmm. which food is, but but it's weird because spam then goes in the same category as the hot dog, and the hot dog is doing great. Yeah, that is very true. Yeah, the hot dog is like so embedded in American culture, but I think spam is just the hot dog of Asia. Mm, so it still you know has I mean? popularity there, just with a different audience. Yeah, it's like the same type of food, but regionalized to Asia because of, I think, in like Vietnam era, American soldiers would bring that with them and mm. popularize it in like Southern Asia, basically. Interesting. So spam is an invasive species. We colonized Vietnam via <laughs> Viet spam. I think so. I mean, it's only right because now I get Chinese spam phone calls. (laughs) Dude, I was just about to say the reason probably it's no longer popular in America is because it was unfortunately associated with the email folder of the same name. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, there's a negative connotation with the name. Mm -hmm. Damn. And also, who doesn't love a hot dog? Exactly. Like, imagine if a hot dog, there's no negative connotation with that, like, it's all positive, but imagine if we called a, I don't know, like an an STI riddled penis a hot dog, you know, <laughs> <laughs> then people would be like, I'm not really craving that glizzy right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's annoying how like great that name works for one of my favorite foods. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to remember that every time I, I gobble one down, gobble a glizzy hmm yeah so i don't know what it is it's probably a multitude of factors unfortunately for our good mm-hmm. friend the spam can mm-hmm. yeah it's had a rough go but i think it's coming back slowly as we learn to appreciate other cultures more and more as time goes on mm-hmm. you know what i mean so mm-hmm. globalize- globalization will bring it home wow amazing and it's made in America too, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, Weird. dude. God bless the spam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more more spam. Less calls, more plates. <laughs> cool. Well, that about does it t- today, Ty. I think that's everything I really wanted to get off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> wow, yeah, I didn't realize how worked up I was before I had this therapy session. <laughs> Yeah, there's something about the tw- twice weekly episode that uh, really sets me up for success the rest of the days. Mm-hmm. It's like some people just like Twitter rage. I just bottle it up until Tuesday. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, some people scream into a pillow. I just mm-hmm. moan into this microphone <laughs> Tuesdays and Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, they beat they beat their spouse, and I just beat a record for how many episodes. <laughs> <laughs> how many Holy episodes shit. we got here damn dude there's there's got to be like a rap lyric about the mic being healing you know mm-hmm. i gotta spit these bars every once in a while just to get shit off my chest yeah dude i find i found god in this girthy black microphone <laughs> totally do you think we'd be awful people if we didn't podcast <laughs> like <laughs> do you think like just you know, the key is in prevention just by getting it out twice a week or preventing something from happening. It's kind of a chicken or the egg thing, you know, <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> rotisserie chicken or the scrambled egg because maybe we wouldn't have that maybe the dark thoughts wouldn't encroach if you didn't have a place to articulate them <laughs> yeah you gotta it's really nurture over nature in this case but mm-hmm. fuck it we digress yeah which is something the academic to chew on. way of saying fuck it we ball <laughs> <laughs> well eric thank you for balling with me meatballing uh, <laughs> breadheads we'll talk to you next time this has been fun uh think fresh everybody Bye bye